1: Jose, I've got something to tell you.
2: Please tell me. Be kind. Okay, you ready? And I'll be fine. Uh, l- yes, I'm ready. I love you. I love you. There you go. I've, I've wanted to say that for ages. Thank you. Thank you very much. Is that because this is one of the final episodes of 2021 or something? Or is it some... Yes, yeah? oh, it is. Okay. It is
1: I one of it. the... In fact, it's one of the last ones we're recording. And because it's one of the last ones we're recording, we have an incredible guest So, as always, I am so excited because the guest we have today really knows what it's like to grind, to graph, to go out there, compete at the highest level, but, God, eight times a winner in various competitions. So I'm super excited. We We are going to introduce you shortly, Anna. But first, should we say hello, Jose, to we've got people on LinkedIn, we've got people in various places across the world. Of course, it's been recorded live and we, of course, doing this all. So I am super excited. This is one of the last recordings we're doing of 2021. It's been an incredible journey. If you don't know by now, my name is Eli Cam, the one half of the Public Speaking Expert podcast, and I work with business owners, entrepreneurs to, to get them to use speaking as an authority and expert piece to go out, get paid, be seen, be heard, and be more giraffe. Over to you, Jose.
2: Amazing. People, if you're watching this right now, or if you watch it on replay, Get your pads out, pens. Start taking notes. This is going to be another epic episode of the Public Speaking Experts Podcast. You know me, but in case you don't remember, I'm a communication and public speaking coach as well, and I'm super excited. Eli, I don't want to say anything else. I'm just super excited. I want to get started. let do, mean, this. People, Shall we do it? But By the way, people, if you want to find me, see what I do. My new website: JoseUcar.com. Nice and easy. JoseUcar.com, and that's it. You find everything about me. I know. Yes, I love you back, Elliot. I love you back, <laughs> and yes, oh goodness me. So that's what we're gonna be playing today. So I love you too.
1: Well, I, I could always bring this back.
2: Boo! No, 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 no. Leave my "I love you" thing. Come on. No, <laughs> don't, don't, don't give me. I, I hate that boo. And I think we're gonna <laughs> edit the few episodes where you booing me way too often.
1: <laughs> okay, great. Well, let's welcome our guest, Anna. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Public Speaking Expert Podcast. I'm super excited that you've found the time for your busy schedule to be here today. Tell our listeners, our viewers and everybody a little bit about yourself because you are one incredible, inspirational, powerful, tenacious, driven person. Tell us about yourself.
3: Wow, what an intro. Thanks, Elliot. Hi, Jose. Thank you both for having me on the podcast today. I'm very excited to be here. I love the little dancey intro we did. That was cool. Um, So, uh, yeah, so my background is as a professional kayaker. I was an Olympian twice over Sydney and Beijing Olympic Games. I won six world championships in marathon kayak racing. And then I retired from the sport in 2008 and I set up a training consultancy in 2009 and I've been doing that ever since. I'm a leadership coach, a speaker and a training consultant. So really, I help individuals, teams and organizations to Develop the skills, the attitudes, the behaviours to be high performing. Um, so, taking a lot of the lessons from the world of sport, and bringing them into the into the workplace—that's what I do now.
1: Amazing. So let's start. Let's start there. That's a great place to start because we're going to focus on transitioning. So you've transitioned onto one from one highly successful career, probably life, uh, to another highly successful life. Um, so let's talk about the transition for a bit because. There you were, grafting day in, day out, training day in, training day out. You know, you had uh, everything, everything you were aiming, aiming for. for. You had yeah. a purpose. You were driven towards something. That came to an end. I get. I take it was a decision. There was time to retire. Is that about right?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I went into Beijing thinking this is probably going to be it. Um, it was a really hard decision, but yeah, with London 2012 around the corner. But yes, that I, that was there was a choice. It wasn't like I was injured or something like that. But yeah, I chose to retire.
1: And so you decide to do that. I'm out. I'm retiring, you know, pretty much, I guess, almost at the peak of your career, would you say? Like it was the right time. Clearly, you didn't want to be one of those sports or athletes that slowly decay or slowly fade away. you were like, I've achieved it. I'm out. Is that is that a face, a fair guess? Yeah. So I'd I'd won six world
3: titles. Uh, I'd been undefeated, actually, in marathon kayak racing, um, which was my strength. where I won all my, my medals um yeah so I I left uh
1: at, at the top of my game brilliant so let's talk about that transition you go I'm retired and you're like hey I want to be a speaker and so surely everyone came knocking on your door like breaking it down and we're like yeah we're gonna book you here's his th- money let's just check is, is that what happened no Um, tell us about the transition a little bit
3: if only well but actually to be um to be honest earlier what I had actually been doing speaking for some time alongside my my sporting career so it wasn't a new thing that I just put hung up my paddle and said I'm going to be a speaker so I had a brilliant sponsor from about after I won my first one or first or second world title I can't remember um 2002-ish um I Got a sponsor called pindar and they were brilliant and they supported me throughout the rest of my career and at a certain point they started saying okay so you know we're giving you this money and the support come speak come speak to our clients come speak to our customers and so they put me on stage at conferences and i was like oh gotta tell a story I need to write a speech um and and that's where it actually began and then i i was like oh this is quite fun quite enjoy this," and. You know, got some good feedback, and and so I I was actually beginning my speaking career whilst I was in um, as an athlete, and so it was all it wasn't a fully fledged career by any means when I when I retired, but I had already built put the foundations in. I'd done some yeah, I'd, I'd done probably yeah five or six years of of doing some speaking, quite a lot of school work, um, yeah, and you know, the networking clubs and, and all of that kind of stuff, as well as some bigger companies. I was in with, with a couple of speaker
1: agencies. So, yeah, the, the beginning, the, the, the seeds were already planted. Right. So before I hand it over to Jose, because he does this little jiggle when he has a question, his head starts bouncing, and that's when I know he's ready to ask a question.
2: Yeah, I see. I see, I see it's going to fall off or something. That's not true. But anyway, carry on.
1: I call it the question dance, right? He does it goes like this. He's ready. He's ready. So when you left i take it the sponsorship ended so then now you you have to ask for your fee you have to command the fee get paid what 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 did you need did you need to do anything in your mindset to suddenly go hey actually i I need to ask for money for this because you know while you're being sponsored it becomes part of the contractual agreement or not right Or they say, hey, we're giving you this money. You need to speak because you need to honour what we're giving you or what we're paying you. But then you left and that's ended. So did you find any difficulties when it came to asking for your fee or knowing what to charge or anything like that? So I was actually
3: doing paid work all this time. Not just I wasn't only speaking for my sponsors, I was speaking for other organisations, I was speaking for... Uh, I was doing work, as I said, through speaker agencies. So I was getting paid as a speaker. But to answer your question, yeah, regardless of whether it was before or after I retired, the whole fee thing, it's tricky, isn't it? I mean, I I didn't know. Yeah, in the beginning, you never know what to charge. and, And no one ever tells you what anyone else is charging. And you don't know what the going rate is. And yeah, and it's difficult. And then I, you know, I spoke to some speaker agencies and I spoke to some other athletes. And I started to get a feel for... You know what an athlete um, of my level was was charging, but yeah, I always I, I always did find it quite hard. I hated having that sales conversation mm-hmm. you know, with a client. and Someone says, you know, they email you, you know, what what's your fee? I, I found that hard. I definitely did, and and it was yeah. I, I much preferred it as we all do when someone comes to you and says. You know this is the budget you know i've got this amount or it's the speaker agency and they go right this is the fee um yeah i didn't like those conversations where <laughs> you had to try and say yeah this is how much i charge no. uh, like that yeah i found that hard but i i you know i've got better at that over the years and i think as i grew in confidence in terms of the value that i was offering you know i i worked i worked on my speech i'm continually working on my speech it's always evolving and since i built my training consultancy i've actually you know got so many i've done loads of training i've got accreditations you know i've done all of the training so i i I feel like i don't just tell a story of an athlete anymore i also add loads of business messages and it's built on not just my own experiences combined with theory and business experience and so i as the value i've been more confident in the value that i'm offering um, I felt more comfortable putting my feet out there because I know that people get value from what I do. I know that they walk away, they, they take away messages, they take away tips, they take away techniques and insights from the highest level of sport. So I'm comfortable with that now. But it took me a while to get there.
1: Great, very, very quickly. Did you have you ever done one of those trainings and you had like you know a whinge and you're like, just shut up? You know, I used to grind every day and work every day. Just be quiet. Do you ever ever want to say that to someone?
0: No? What when, me? What to the audience?
1: Yeah, when you get one of those whingy people or one of your trainings, and they're like, listen, I woke up every day and I rode every morning and I worked my butt off and you're sitting here whining in the audience. Yeah, have you ever wanted to say that to anyone, to be honest?
3: Um. No, <laughs> and, and
1: I didn't row, I paddled. Oh, that's true. Sorry, paddled.
3: Go, As a kayaker, really, yeah. we go forwards, not backwards,
1: which is what the rowers. Yeah, do. I, I meant, I meant that. I meant that. Sorry, it's my <laughs> linguistics game confusing my head. Okay, okay. you are quiet. not the no. first,
3: and you will not be the last to reference rowing to a
1: sorry, kayaker. Sorry. My bad. I'm, I'm I think
2: fired. Elliot Elliot just reflected his point, so he's just show us what he meant <laughs> by the people in the audience. So he's he's yeah. on, he's on this audience today
1: you know what, i'm gonna give it's myself rotting. one of these yes please boo. Give yourself- there you go i give myself a boo for getting that wrong jose thank you very much i put my foot in it <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm i'm loving this conversation and I, I love the transition as well and so i'm sure many people will benefit from what you've shared because you come from great achievements already and then that's one of the things we find in the show The clients that come to us, they just go, yeah, but I haven't got anything to say. I haven't got a story to tell. I haven't got this. I haven't got that. And you having all of them still struggle because, you know, getting to that point in which you become a professional speaker and you gain the confidence and you charge. There is a process to it. So what I want to say, people listening to this, there is a process. So it's just not just going to happen overnight. And even Anna, when she started, she had some opportunities, but then she had to work on her craft. And I want to say, and of course, I did some stalking before we jump on the call, and I watched some of your videos, and it is amazing. And I I saw, I noticed, and I'm sure you touched on many different points, but the ones that stood out to me was the competitive edge, and there was also the resilience element. And I guess my question at this point, when it comes to speaking, how how do you use all of the learning that you that you've acquired in terms of being competitive? and that resilience mindset when it comes to you being on stage are you still there with us i think anna is it's dipping in and out right now yeah it's flickering just so you know people are is in and out but Damn she's yes. coming back
3: i'm sorry i don't know what's going on with my video camera um That's okay. so in terms of how do i use my skills from performance in sport when i'm on stage is that what you're saying
2: exactly in terms of the mindset because i know you deliver incredible content on being competitive and resilience and everything else but what's happening in your mind and every time you put yourself out there how do you use this mindset that you learn that you gain from being a super competitive and a winner Just so you know, people, Anna's taking her time to answer because we're having some connection issues, which happens when we are live. And exactly. as you know, we don't edit the podcast or anything.
1: We don't. So let's so, see. Let's see. What do you do, Jose?
2: What do I do when?
1: How do you hear me? The you me? Oh, Anna. No, it's kind of it's flat, no. flickering a bit. So hopefully.
2: She'll be with us soon. Uh, Elliot, I want to share, and this is something I, I've i been thinking about more and more, and the best version of myself I bring onto the stage from a passion, purpose point of view, and this is which helps with my resilience and me being more resourceful. I have this very strong anchor, and I even have a, a, a story that I didn't even realize I had for a while, oh, wow. which is my granddad. So, oh, yeah, and I, an
1: story.
2: yes, and I have my granddad and I connect with my granddad and I remember my granddad when he used to tell me all of his teachings and when he used to say, be kind to people, be well spoken, add value to people's lives and everything else. So the, the main thing I do is connect with that and I'm thinking about my granddad and then everything flows from there. There are some other strategies and things and of course, when, you know, whatever happens in the audience, but the core, the foundation of my passion, love and everything else my purpose comes from that
0: hmm.
2: so that you know that that helps me get very centered that would be my bit
1: no oh, i love that that's very good would you say you have a competitive mindset yeah are we waiting for another to sort out
2: absolutely and uh, yes well i think we all have in a way a competitive mindset because we've overcome and we've achieved things the thing is we may have achieved things that are more notorious in terms of society and things like this but i am I am a I am a competitor just like you are, Elliot. And Anna is back. Is she back? Let's I see. No, let's see. Well, let's see. I do like she's you still wearing red. Closed. Yeah, I do. That's
1: great. Clearly. Well, she
2: closed her eyes. She closed her eyes because she didn't want to see Elliot. But Elliot, <laughs> while while Anna comes back, look, as you know, part of my story, and you are a fighter as well. When I say you know, competitive fighters, that winnings or winners mindset, I come from Venezuela. It's not to say, oh, I come from Venezuela, poor me. But I come from a very small city, even though I was born in the capital, I, I grew up in a small city where, you know, we, we had what we had in terms of education and everything else. And a few years later, I was in Sweden speaking at an international level for different reasons. And my parents helped me. It wasn't just Jose that, you know, I just pull out the money from my pocket and made it happen. But there I was. There I was putting myself in a very uncomfortable situation. So I think we've got Anna back. Uh, there's going to be back, time for Anna? my story next, later. I I guys. I'm
3: sorry about that. Um, so to answer your question, I I use a lot of that mindset. You know, for me, when you get up on stage, you're like we've been doing virtual, haven't we, a lot for the last, you know, eighteen months. But and it's similar. But when I I loved I love it when you get up on stage and you've got this big crowd in front of you and and I it, for me that's almost as close as I get to standing on sitting on the start line you know, of a race because, you know, you're waiting, you're hearing them introduce you, you know, the heart rate's going a little bit and, and you've got this sort of performance anxiety a little bit, ready, I'm getting ready to perform. Like I, when I was, before I was about to race, you know, you're, you're getting, come, approaching the start line and the heart rate's going, you're like, yeah, bring it on, ready to race, ready to race. And so I used to, I get that kind of excitement of I'm going to perform. And so I, in order to prepare for that moment, um, I do, I used to, as an athlete, I used to use a lot of visualization. It was super, super powerful to, I used to visualize every single important race that I was doing, I would visualize it. I'd imagine myself on the start line, I'm there, I'm seeing, you know, the race unfold exactly how I want it to unfold. I'm using all of my senses, I'm, you know, I can hear it, I can hear the noises, I can see, you know, what's going on. It's in high definition, it's in color, I can feel the wind in my hair, the rain, you know, whatever it all, using all of my senses. And I'd see it unfold just how I want it to happen. And, and so I do the same thing with, with my speeches. I will visualize myself speaking, whether that be on stage or virtually, but, you know, seeing my audience respond, you know hopefully my joke's landing um um you know there's little laughs on the audience's face but i see the audience reaction i see them afterwards clapping smiling people coming up to me you know asking great questions i see the response i want at the end and the outcome i want to achieve and i see myself just before i go on you know before the gun goes before i you know I see that point in the in the presentation where i'm okay I'm, I'm calm but i'm ready i'm excited i know what i'm going to say so i'm preparing my mind and my body to perform um so that's definitely one of the things that have taken from my world of sport into the business world um and so and for me it's it's just like any kind of performance like in sport you've got to prepare, prepare 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 um, because, you know, as the saying goes, if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. Um, and I am way more nervous for a speech if I haven't prepared. If I if I, yeah, I don't know what I'm saying, you know, I find it harder to just get up and do an improv. I mean, I've done enough speeches that I could, but I, I love it when I feel super prepared. You know, I've researched the company, I've done my homework, I know how to tailor my speech to them. Um, I know what I'm expecting. I've got everything covered. I've got the tech covered, you know, all of that, all covered all the bases. And that preparation is what gives you confidence. And that confidence is what keeps you calm. Confidence confidence is at the foundation of high performance in any walk of life. And that applies to speaking as much as it does to anything else. So, so for me, that's um, a really important part of what I do and that, that, winning mindset we can call it and I used I talk a lot about in my speeches a performance cycle where we prepare we execute we review and so I do the same thing where like I did with my race we prepare we do the training we do the race and then win or lose we review it and we get feedback and so and that's what we do as a speaker right and so we deliver the speech and then we go back to the client and ask for some feedback we get feedback from the audience and uh, and I analyze it and what went well and what landed and, and what was, what did they respond to and you know all of that. So I'm trying to get that feedback to analyze my performance so then I can build that back into my next preparation. So it's, it really is stuff that I teach others, but I'm also using it myself to enhance my performance
2: as a speaker or as a trainer or as a coach. It's the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Love it.
2: Mm-hmm. Anna, thank mm-hmm. you for that. Elliot, I've got, I've got one more thing which is very much linked to this because you love to perform and I love the fact that you bring all of it to it. And speaking is just like as if you're about to start a race. I, I do love that analogy. And Elliot and I can relate to that. And many people listening to this will, too. The thing is, as we know, we may and we come across people that they know the benefits of speaking. And they even know how speaking can improve and change their lives, their businesses, how they could actually impact more people through them speaking. But they don't believe they are great performers, they don't believe they can actually do it, they lack that confidence. So when you come across people like that, or you know, yeah, what what would you say to them? So people listening to these that are in you know filling those shoes at the moment, what would you say to them, Anna?
3: How do they so how do they build their confidence to become a speaker?
2: Yeah, in general, how how do they go through from just dreading what you just said to be in a position where you are now in terms of yeah i'm excited about presenting instead of i'm dreading the whole thing but what would you say to these people yeah lacking confidence and everything else whatever limiting beliefs imposter syndrome all of them together i mean your angle to it
3: yeah so for me it comes back to the confidence um that's what you know quite often when we're nervous we're dreading it we don't feel confident in our ability to deliver, and so for me, like I already said it, you know, the preparation is key, but the, the mind, the self-talk is really often is, can be a limiting barrier. You know, we're telling ourselves the wrong things. We're seeing the wrong imagery. So like the visualization quite often, it's a bit like, um, you know, like a golfer. I don't know if you play golf, but you come up to like the water hole, the hole with the water in it. And you're like, whatever you do, don't hit it in the water. Don't hit it in the water. So you're programming your mind to hit it in the water because all your, your mind doesn't compute the negative. And so we have to be really careful about what we're saying in our mind. Oh, I'm gonna forget everything. I'm, I'm never gonna remember what I wanted to say. You know, this, you know, all that. It's not just negative or, or, or your positive thinking. It's about, it's about programming your mind for what you want to happen, not what you don't want to happen. And so I think that's really key. And, and that starts with what we think because that determines how we feel and that determines how we act. So we've got to start with the mindset and programming what we want to hear in our minds. So what would be more helpful thinking, what would be more supportive thinking in that moment that's gonna help us feel better, feel excited. And then that's gonna help us to act in a different way. So that's, that's a really important thing. And I think something that can really help us with that as well is focusing on our strengths. So when we and, and, and that's easier said than done for some people, some people are really great at rattling off their weaknesses. And actually, when you say, what are your strengths, they find that hard. So that's something that needs to be worked on for many people and thinking about, OK, so what are my strengths? And when you can have them on the tips of your fingers, then you can go into a difficult, challenging, you know, pressure situation, knowing that you have absolute confidence in the value that you're bringing you know what you've got in your locker in the pressure situation and that you know what your you know the contribution that you're making um you know like as if i'm sat on the start line of a race and i don't know what my strengths are well what am i going to focus on i'm probably going to focus on my weaknesses i'm going to focus on all the things i need to avoid doing
1: mm-hmm.
3: so it's really important to think about to have those strengths on the tips of your fingers um, and to be looking out for them all the time so, you know, if you don't know what those strengths are, it's, it's about having, you know, working with a coach or just on your own, noticing what is it I'm doing well, making a note of it, writing it down, collecting the feedback from clients, you know, the testimonies and reminding yourself of that and celebrating the, even the small things that you do well all the time and then banking those. It's like a put them in the bank account because confidence is, it's like a bank account. We make withdrawals all the time because stuff happens and our confidence gets a knock. So we need to be constantly putting stuff in so that we can so that it's you know otherwise it goes into the red right if you get too many knocks so so i my my tips would be to to think about what what that self-talk is is it supportive is it helpful and secondly to focus on your strengths pick them out remind yourself of them constantly
2: thank you so much for that and i I just want to highlight for our listeners so much value So as we always like to say, do something with this. Don't just listen to it and say, oh, yeah, I'm learning so much. Apply application of knowledge. Over to you, Elliot. Thank you so much. And I'm loving it. And you know what I love the most for people that are actually watching this live or watching the video? is your expressions. Every time you say something, you get, I feel the excitement and your face shows it. So thank you so much for being with us today, Elliot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I second that. Um, I want to touch more the when you're continuously on the journey. So again, if if we think of a race, the metaphor of a race at the beginning, your heart's going, you're filling up, right, and you're off, right. I, I can compare this for my running. I do a lot of half marathons. I do a half marathon a, 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 a month, and I I run twenty k a week. And I even yesterday I was doing one of the really hard uh, off trail course, and I could see at the beginning, everyone at the beginning they took off. It was muddy. It was hilly. But I could see their adrenaline kicking in. And I even remember thinking, you guys are going to struggle soon. And I remember because they took off up the hill really quickly. And I knew for the 5K, you've got the adrenaline carrying you, right? But then the adrenaline kind of subsides. And you've got to find something inside of you to maintain the pace and keep going. So again, with speaking, what happens with a lot of people coming into speaking is they buy into the dreams going to understand and we're speaking from thousands of people, it's gonna be great, everyone's gonna love me, I'm gonna make loads of money. And then what happens is the reality kicks in and everything starts to fade away. And you need to find that something inside of you to keep going, to keep persevering, to, to win the race, or to to be that go to speaker, or to be that authority in your space. So for you, Anna, when when you've had to dig deep and you've you know, had to persevere, how have you done that? What, what have you fallen back on? Because I know you talk about self-talk and your strength, but when you're up against it at times, and it's either you're at a crossroad and you think, do I sink or swim? For in your case, literally sink or swim, I suppose. Um, but generally, do, how do I persevere? What do you do? Where, where do you go when you're hitting those moments?
3: So I think that the most important thing at that point is to be really clear on your vision, really clear on what you're trying to achieve because when we have that clarity, that's what keeps us going in those difficult times, knowing that this is what I'm trying to achieve and realizing that no one ever gets from A to B you know, in a straight line. It's, it's a ziggly line that we're all gonna have obstacles and hurdles along the way. You know, I lost far more races than I ever won, and that's life. You know, We're all gonna hit those obstacles along the journey. It's, a, it's an unavoidable landmark on our journey to success. So I think that's a really important realization, and recognizing that when we can stay, when we've got clarity of that vision, that's what helps us to to stay focused on what's important, to st- you know to filter out the distractions, the negativity, and stay focused on what's important. And and so for me, I've got that vision, and maybe things aren't going well. Maybe the the, it's not, the work's not coming in at a certain point, or so then I just. You know, one of the things I always I often talk about in my speeches actually is about the importance of continuous learning, continuous improvement. And and that's why people come and listen to your podcast, right? And so all the all the you know information that's out there. It's but okay, so what, what else can I focus, what else can I learn? How can I get better at this? You know, my as an athlete that was just it was constant. It, in fact, I had an, an acronym for it. Can I? Constant and never ending improvement. I was always seeking just the small little bits of improvement all the time, even when I got to the highest level. In fact, that's the most important time to keep working hard and seeking searching for improvement, because when you get to the top, it's, it's easy to get complacent and start thinking that, you know, I've, I've done it and I've, I've learned it all. But there's always more to learn. In fact, you know, one of my coaches used to say that it's what you've learned after you know it all that's really important. And, mm-hmm. you know, so we've got to keep learning. And as, as a speaker, our speeches can always get better. We can always improve them. We can always learn more. And so, you know, or learn more. It might not be in terms of delivering the performance, but learn more about, you know, what is it that clients want at the moment? Learn more about how to market myself. Learn more about sales. Learn more about my website. You know, all of that. The whole process, the whole journey of a speaker, what is it that I need to improve on? What is it that I can learn more about and from who?
1: Hmm.
3: And so that's, that's my go-to is what else can I do? How can I keep improving rather than thinking, oh, this is it, I'm not, it's not, I'm no good. I might as well just give up. It's like, this is what I'm passionate about. I know what I'm doing. I know I'm good at this. I know that what I'm trying to achieve and I've just hit a bit of bump in the road. So what else can I do to keep improving?
1: So it becomes about the millimeters and the inches and not the big leaps right yeah so exactly that's, that's you know it like
3: I, I was a I was a marathon kayaker you know it was a marathon not a sprint um, and so <laughs> it's about breaking it down you, you know you don't start as you know you run half marathons you want to a week. it's you don't start the half marathon going oh my god I've got 13 miles to go you start <laughs> going okay what's the pace I want to hit for this right. first mile? Right, what's the pace? You know, okay, good, number two, mile two, mile three, you know, because otherwise it's like, oh god, 13 miles, it's a long way. You think about it in the 20k rather than mm-hmm. you know each kilometer. Um, so break it down, you know, what, what's that How uh, was it Henry Ford saying, inch by inch, yard by yard is very hard, inch by inch is cinch. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: it's true, it's and true. it's what was really fascinating, as you like you said, because also I realized. Just, uh, I started quite slow, slower than normal. I was like, oh, my God, is that how slow I'm going? But then by the end, I'd reduced it by 30 seconds. But what was really interesting, because my strength is hills. I'm stronger running up hills. So I could see people's faces as they were like, and I was going up, not, it would be great if I was going up the hill. How cool is but, that, though, when you're running up the hill, overtaking people, and they're struggling, and you're like, yeah, bring and, on I the mean, hill. Yeah, and I was like, I said you'd burn out. I told you so, kind of in my head. And I'm like, do, 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 do. And when I finished, I mean, the guy, there was a guy that finished a whole, like, half an hour ahead of me. He, he, I would love to get to his level. He was like, well done, mate. And then he picks up his medal and walks off. I'm like, I've still got on 5K to go. <laughs> um But I like you say, it was about really thinking of it mile to mile. The other How thing was letting, letting go top. of time. I mean, I don't know if you could have done that, but I let go of time. I was like, stop thinking by the clock and start enjoying the run more. And when I did that, I got faster. So I don't know if that's something you also come to, con- like detachment, was that possible in what you did to completely detach? Or did you have to really stay focused on the time? I guess you did, because you were competing at such a high level. Did you have to actually, do
3: that? We, actually, we didn't, Elliot. So in, whether so I did two events. I did this marathon event, which is a marathon, um, and then we did the Olympic distance, which is 500 meters. And w- regardless of which one it is, the most important thing was to stay focused on the process. Ah. It, because yes I think and I think I guess when you're running running it's slightly different in in a kayak race we're not um, it was never really about time it was about that we're racing it's it's more akin to a cycling uh, no, no. road race so not a time trial but a road race where there's a peloton you know people are riding on the on the slipstream it's like that in a kayak there's a slipstream that comes off, off the boat and you sit on that slipstream and it's, it's very tactical and so you're not about, okay, I need to hit, you know, four and a half minute mile or whatever it is. It's I wish. <laughs> you're, um, you're focused on on the tactics and being in the moment, in the race so you can respond, so you can react. Um, and even when we're training and we do time trials in training and things like that, we're generally not looking at the time. We're looking at what do I need to do to, be far, to make my boat go faster. How do I make my boat go faster? What's going to help me? What's the mindset that's going to help me? And actually focusing on the outcome, oh, I want to hit this time, that doesn't help my boat go faster. What makes me go faster is my technical expertise. It's the effort I'm putting in. It's being more efficient in what I'm doing. It's the process
1: mm. is what
3: helps me achieve the outcome. So it's almost like letting go of the outcome. You know, like with, okay, I want to I achieve 20 big keynotes next year. And that's great, but it's kind of out of my control a little bit because it depends whether clients book me or not. And so it's about saying, okay, well, what's the process I need to focus on in order to achieve 20 big keynotes next year? And so, okay, so I need to make sure my website's good and my show rule's good and this and this and I need to do my marketing and connecting on LinkedIn and I make sure my speech is brilliant when I deliver it and I follow up and, you know, and all of those things, those, the process, um, you know, that's what we need to focus on and let go of, you know, set the goal by all means because that's what uh, helps us to be motivated each day when we hit those blocks. But focus on the process, not the
1: outcome. So you're a big advocate of detachment leading to flow. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm, I love that. I love that. Focus on the process, people. I Because that's something I advocate. Because you can get swept away by the goal and almost disillusioned by the goal. But if you're focused on the process, who you need to be, how you need to show up, what you need to do, you're more likely to get that. That's absolutely Yeah,
3: because, it's and I'm not saying don't have a goal. I'm not saying don't set a target. I'm just saying that a winning mindset is when you focus on running the race not winning the race
1: Hmm.
3: because you can't control whether you win the race but you can control running your best race and you can control how you run the race and and so that's what we have to focus on and it's the same thing you can't control you know as clients looking for a speaker in in the subject of diversity and inclusion and they're looking at four different speakers you can't control whether they pick you but you can control how you can influence them and the, and the material you give them and the conversation you have with them and how much you inspire them about what great speaker you are. So you focus on that, not on, I want to get the speech. Mm. Yeah.
1: Focus on True. the process. You can't influence a race, but if you're Italian football, you can certainly help them with a little, yeah. I'm joking. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll say it over to you, my man. A few more questions. Then we wrap this up. I feel like I just want to keep talking to you, Anna. Like I, I want to do like a, three-hour podcast episode, but I know we're not going to, but we'll just have to invite you back. And if you come back, we'll keep picking away at this amazing golden nugget. I hope everybody listening is taking notes, is reading the notes, and listening to what Anna's going to say. This is literally mind-blowing stuff. Jose, over to you.
2: Powerful indeed, Anna. Thank you so much. And I'm just going to repeat it. Focusing on the process, yes, absolutely. Then letting go of the outcome, yes. And I do love the analogy of you know what's going to make my boat go faster is this way of thinking going to make my boat go faster is this what i'm doing or you know what could i do for that to happen thank you very much for sharing and people wow wow what you're getting today from anna so i'm going to change the subject slightly of the conversation i was talking about flow now i'm more curious because i know we we find these people a lot coming to us and saying yeah, but I I don't have anything to say, or I haven't got a story worth sharing. And I know in many minds, there might be the thinking going on that, well, but Anna, I mean, you have achieved so much. So definitely, you've got great things to share. I mean, if I put, you know, from my point of view, from my map of the world, I haven't won, you know, six world championships, or I haven't been, you know, two times Olympian. So what do I do? And I'm, putting myself, you know, as a speaker that, well, I believe I haven't done enough. Why would people pay for me? What would you say to these people out there?
3: But there are many, many speakers who are not Olympians and world champions and haven't got, you know, athletic stories to tell. And they're still speakers because they have stories, they have personal stories. And you don't have to have gold medals to tell a story. You know, everyone's got a story. Everyone's got some kind of experience. Um, And presumably if you're a speaker, you've got expertise. And so, use that expertise, but we I think stories are the best way of of delivering that expertise, and so it's about finding your personal stories, which is what people you know really love um, but finding a way to to tell your message in a story it doesn't have to be a story of success. I did a speech this morning actually, and for the first time i I actually talked a lot more about what went wrong and the things I did and the teams I were in that weren't successful and why they weren't successful. Obviously I talked about some of the more positive stuff as well, but I did a lot on why certain you know why in, in before I won gold and before, you know, I made the British team and at the Olympics and and what went wrong. And and so actually it wasn't all about success. It was about learning from mistakes and learning from failure. Um, and so yeah, I don't, you don't have to have you know, the gold medals, but you've just got to have a story. And I think people remember stories, and that's how they learn, because they they, they pick up the message from the story.
2: Thank you, Anna. Thank you. So there you go, people. No excuses. You have got something to say. You've got something to share. You've got your own stories. So start sharing them. Absolutely. Amazing. Absolutely. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you, Anna. So Thank as you.
1: we start and to wrap this wrap... up, um, what would be your final kind of big message to our listeners? And then we will let people know how to contact you and how to get in touch with you and send you lots of love. But what would be your big kind of like, listen, people? Over to you. And can you be a bit more specific in terms of helping people build their speaking career or in terms yes, of just high performance?
3: That, you or, know, or what is
1: it? could be that it could be like here's my message to you as a person what what would you normally finish a good old winning mindset speech with how would you know if, if imagine you've just dropped all these amazing bombs please don't invoice us and uh, <laughs> you're just coming to the end of your talk what would you say to the, the final people in the audience
3: <laughs> oh what would be my what's my big message um I think it's around um, I think that the one around the thing around learning is really key. Like I touched on that already um, and I think that it's about surrounding yourself with people who, who are, you know, being ready to soak up learning from everybody. Because I truly believe that the biggest, you know, our sustainable competitive advantage to learn quicker and faster than others and and that that applies across all sectors in sport and business you know any industry we've got to learn quicker and faster and I remember some there was a one coach I worked with he was just constantly researching other other athletes looking for you know what were they doing in the gym how were they that strong and what was the training that they did that made them that strong and what were their split times and you know just wanting to know what are the best doing and how are they doing it? And just constantly like soaking up this knowledge everywhere you go um, and being open to that, because I think, you know, you can get to the point where you stop doing that and you just think, Oh, I'm I'm good. I've done it. Um, And so I think, just surrounding yourself with people, being open to that learning all of the time, I think, is really key. Especially as a speaker, you know, things have changed so much over the last eighteen months in the way that we deliver speeches, in the way that clients want speeches, and, and what's going on in the market, and just constantly being wanting to just absorb and learn and new, and and being then and then being ready to adapt and change and be flexible, um, because there's just we have to be able to do that otherwise we get left behind and that you know applies to so many different walks of life doesn't it so yeah being open to learning it's the the path to continued success really is realizing that
1: there's always more to learn Love love it love it and if people want to reach out connect with you where do they go
3: uh, so I'm on LinkedIn. I'm post on every day on LinkedIn, sharing my tips and my insights on high performance, winning mindset, resilience, um, high performing teams, all things like all things, high performance um, or my website, Um, Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, mainly my social platform is LinkedIn. So, Amazing.
1: We website. all put the links.
3: My training consultancy, right. Beyond the Barriers.
1: Beyond the Barriers. Yeah. Great. So we'll put all these links on the on that copy as well so people thank you as well jose last words
2: i haven't got anything else to say apart from a huge thank you anna it's been incredible to have the opportunity to pick your brain you've been so open and audience take action we're going to be leaving all of the links do something with this keep us posted and remember to always speak your greatness. thank you so much anna thank you elliot thank you jose
3: Thank you for having me. You've
0: been listening to the Public Speaking Experts Podcast with Elliot Kay and Jose Ucar. Follow us on Instagram and join us next week for even more. Remember to always speak your greatness. Subscribe, rate, and comment.